Hello, everybody. Just a quick disclaimer before this week's episode. As you know, we've been recording our episodes remotely lately due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so please excuse the slight dip in audio quality. I also wanted to give a shout-out to all the nurses, doctors, and medical professionals working every day to save lives. Y'all are the real heroes, and we love you. And now, here's the show. From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody. We are gearing up for the 2020 Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Joining us today is Mr. Jay Snow. He is the writer, director, and star of the film Flawed. Jay, thanks for being here, man. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this, man. Flawed, it's going to be a part of the No Joke block, and that's no with a K. So you're going to want to check that out. Not only Flawed, but five other hilarious shorts that you're not going to want to miss. Jay, why don't you fill the audience in? Tell them about Flawed. Flawed is a rom-com. It is a romantic comedy about an L.A. comedian who is forced to reveal his hidden chronic illness to this new girl he's been dating after it's triggered when they hook up for the first time. So it's kind of a really tough situation to be in for anybody. It, I mean, it, it is based on true events. So I, I feel like this, of all the stories and um, experiences I have living with Sickle Cell as a Sickle Cell warrior, this in particular is one of the funnier, more bizarre stories that I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards. Like you said, you've lived with Sickle Cell pretty much all your life, right? You were diagnosed yeah, with yeah. too. So I can imagine this has been... A story you've wanted to tell for a long time. Not really. Honestly, really? Uh, <laughs> in the film, I kind of hid this illness from people. Yo, I'd like have a crisis and have to go to the hospital and disappear from school for like a week. And then people ask what happened. And I'll just tell them I had to like, you know, do something. Like, I don't know. I'd make something up. But even late into my adulthood, I wouldn't tell people about it because I just felt like, I mean, well, first, you know, you have that, that male primal instinct to not look weak, right? Mm-hmm. Don't want to appear to be weak or anything like that. So I was battling that, but also just battling trying to explain it to people because it's something that a lot of people don't really know much about. So you say something like sickle cell to people and you'll get, what? What does that mean? And, and, you know, it's a whole thing. So I just felt like it was easier to not tell people for a while. But that, uh, of course, changed, which led to the film. Right. Well, and, you know, sometimes they say the more personal your stories are, the more universal they are, Mm -hmm. which I have found to be true because the illness that you face is very specific and your experience is very specific, but a lot of people can relate to it, you know, whether it's hiding anything from, you know, somebody that they're trying to date or a family member or something just because, you know, fear, you know, it's it's a relatable thing. For sure. Being a director and actor at the same time is, you know, not an easy feat, but I think you do an incredible job of it in this film. Can you talk a little bit about your process in directing and acting at the same time? Well, it was a lot to bite off. And I'm the type of person to sort of just throw myself in the fire with like almost anything that I do. Like I'll say I want to do something like write, direct and act in something. And somebody will ask, well, why don't you hand this off to this person so you can focus on that? And I'm like, no, I mean, if you have a vision, you kind of just need to sort of stick to it because nobody can see what you see. And it's your job to bring it to life so they can. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it happened the way it did. But the only way that could happen is if you have a, a team that supports the vision 
and can sort of help pick up the pieces where you sort of miss them. I'm grateful to have the first AD, the producers, and all the people that I had working with me because, yeah, acting and directing in something is not easy because you, you, you're you focusing on so much as a director, you'll miss things as an actor. Right. And thankfully, there were people there to sort of pick up moments or point out things that I didn't notice, you know, and obviously some stuff slips through the cracks. But it's kind of just a sort of learn as you go thing, you know, like you're you're learning how to fly the plane while it's in the air. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, you guys pulled it off like you pulled it off and, you know, which is a credit to you and a credit to your team. So much so that like I watched the film, I've watched your film like eight times. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> the third time I watched it, it was like the first time where it clicked where I was like, God damn, like this guy is actually directing and giving this banger performance simultaneously because the first couple of times I watched it, I was like, God damn, this is an incredible performance, but then also I was, you know, in love with uh, the choices you were making as a director. And it wasn't until the third time I was visiting it that I was like, okay, I have a newfound respect for this guy. Like I knew your name was on both, but uh, it, it didn't click. It wasn't clicking for me. Thank you, man. That, that's really dope. That's really nice. I want to talk a little bit about the cinematography in your film. I really love the look. Spike Lee and Quentin were kind of like my film school growing up. So uh-huh. I love deep colors. I love deep saturation, which you have in your film. But I also love your patience with the camera, where yeah. you put it, and, you know, not being afraid to let the comedy breathe, you know, within a frame, which I find a lot of new filmmakers, and especially new comedy filmmakers, are afraid yeah. to do. You know, they, they kind of strive towards the cut, 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 cut yeah. uh, motif. So talk to me about your like your relationship with your cinematographer and your like how you guys created the vision for this film. Well, shout out Oliver, Oliver Lukox. He uh, was a cinematographer for Flaw, and he just came through. He's an AFI alumni, and he killed it, yo. Mm-hmm. He supported my vision in every way. We came up with like some storyboarding and, you know, visual for what we see it happen and he brought it to life in a real way and his gaffers you know they lit it really well and did a great job as well and what was important for me as far as cinematography was sort of letting the the lights blend in with the mood of what's happening in the scene and the dialogue and the energy the emotion or whatever also it was it was important to sort of just linger in those moments like I think I, I love when you're watching a film and it just you feel uncomfortable or something you know what i'm saying like yeah like that's the purpose is to feel something and i think a lot of times that's lost because people are so focused on getting a joke that they just they just pile so much shit into a scene and you're like you know it's jumping from here to here everybody's yelling and screaming and i'm like that's kind of a common, I, I guess, go-to for people these days, which, you know, not to knock it, it's just not my thing. I like to let shit breathe. Like, one of the big inspirations behind that was watching Atlanta, the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, and how dry it can be sometimes and how they just sort of let you sit in whatever is going on in the scene and you, you're just there. You're stuck. And I love that. I love that feeling. I love being in a theater and feeling like I'm you know, kind of, I'm just here, I'm in this moment, I'm present. And so I wanted to get that through the visuals for this film. And I'm glad it it worked out. Yeah, it worked out incredibly. From my perspective, it doesn't just work with comedy. Like, you know, if you're watching a, say, a kung fu scene, yeah, if it's a one minute fight, and you're cutting 50 times in that one minute fight, it's not 
as impressive as a, you know, a 30 second fight in one take where Bruce Lee's just, you know, kicking ass and taking names yeah. and you see all the choreography happen in front of you. Yeah. It's more awe inspiring to me, at least. For sure. For sure. So credit to you guys for making that choice. It worked out really well. Talk to us a little bit also about your collaboration with the supporting cast of your film, because they are they are just magnetic on screen. And I, I'm I'm sorry, I forgot her name. Your co-star. She is uh, Chantel. Chantel. Yeah, she is great to watch the guy who plays your best friend he's hilarious so talk to us about your your supporting cast and how you found them first of all the, the fact that this film is made is like i keep saying this is magical because two weeks out we had less than half the budget that we needed for this film and then shit just sort of moved and that same thing happened with the cast i came across Chantel through the first person I was speaking to about being the cinematographer for the film. However, you know, it didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, in that process, he actually plugged me to Chantel and sent me her Instagram and suggested a few other people. She auditioned. I loved it. She killed it. And the uh, rest of the cast sort of came through either actors, websites, Instagram, or people that I met along the way in comedy. Chinadu who mm -hmm. plays Jock. He's the guy who's my best friend in the hospital. He's actually a comedian and I crossed paths with him several times out, you know, in the LA circuit. And uh, he came through last minute. I want to say we had to start shooting at 5 a.m. And he didn't get cast until midnight that same day. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, because my actor for that had fell out like... Dude, the story behind the actor who fell out is so ridiculous. I want to say leading up to the shoot, days before we're, we're going to shoot this scene, he just went MIA. He stopped responding. Wow. <laughs> and then at the, like, I'm buying crafties almost midnight, you know, uh, before we have to start shooting. And he hits me up and he's like, sorry, I accidentally blocked you. I, I accidentally blocked you and the first AD for a day. <laughs> yeah, right. I accidentally uh, blocked <laughs> Like, how do you accidentally complete a process? Right. <laughs> out of here. So anyway, like, Kennedy came through and he actually, he picked up on the scene and dialogue, the emotion, and he killed it. He killed it. He, he added some jokes, which are really funny jokes that made it in the film. Yeah, man, I couldn't be happier with the cast. They were firing on all cylinders. Yeah, he's hilarious. She's incredible. She delivers a, a great performance. Isn't that funny how sometimes, like, that has happened to me, too, with some of the stuff that I've made, where, like, at the zero hour, you know, somebody drops out. But then it's kind of like in the sports, you know, next man up, next woman up. They come, they deliver, and then, yeah. you know, afterwards you think, like, I can't imagine the project with anybody besides them, you know? Yeah, like, right. It, 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 it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Right. You know, one thing I really love and credit about Flawed is just your, your blend of comedy and drama. When that blend is done well, I think it's one of my favorite things to watch on screen because it feels, at least for me, the closest to reality because, you know, that's kind of what life is. It's a blend of rough shit and some laughs kind of sprinkled, you know, <laughs> in, yeah. between, in between the shit. Talk to us about, you know, like your writing process. And I know before before this film, you, you know, you kind of specialized in comedic shorts and like doing comedy sketches and stuff. Was it so much of a stretch for you to kind of incorporate the dramatic element? Not really. I don't know. I agree. I think comedy and drama or comedy and tragedy are like very closely related and mm -hmm. you really don't need to force it. You kind of just have to be honest and yeah. both things will find their way. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll, through honesty, 
the comedy will, you know, reveal itself to whoever's viewing it and views that as something funny. Same with tragedy. It's not up for you to decide what's funny or what's tragic. It's just your job to tell the truth. And then everything else will happen on its own naturally. At least I feel like that's the easiest way to accomplish that. But also, me personally, I just, I don't know. I never really like to sit down and say, I'm writing a comedy. I kind of just write what's on my mind. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that that's kind of the approach I took when I did YouTube sketches. Like, I would just, I wouldn't really you know, focus on what's trending or what would get me more views or be viral. It would just be what what I'm feeling at the time, whether it was something involving a relationship or friends or society or whatever. And I would just be honest. And, and, you know, it kind of just evolved into what it is now, which I'm grateful for. Absolutely, man. When you speak from the heart, people pick up on it, you know. Real quick, tell the audience where they can find you and where they can follow you, Jay. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the platforms. At J Snow Pro, at J S N O W P R O, and you know, jsnowpro.com. You can find the film flawed at underscore F L A W D. Great. And you can watch his film flawed at the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. It is a part of the No Joke Block. It will be available at ladff.com on August 4th. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Jay is going to help us out with our favorite segment, Gimme Three. The Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival will be available to a worldwide audience this year. Due to the global pandemic, our annual in-person event is postponed, but you can still view our incredible program online. From August 4th through August 31st, visit LADFF.com to rent our curated film blocks, or you can buy a VIP pass, which gives you access to our entire program for the month. We have over 50 films from 17 different countries. Comedy, thriller, drama, musicals, docs, we've got something for everybody. So check out the 7th Annual Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival starting August 4th exclusively at LADFF.com. All right, welcome back. We are back on Film Forward here. We are chatting with Mr. Jay Snow. He is the writer, director, and star of the LADFF selected short film, Flawed. Jay is about to give us three films that have inspired him or inspired his work. Mr. Jay, give me three. Let's get your first one. Okay, my first one, I'll go with Django and Jane. That film is so inspiring because... I feel like that film, in addition to, I want to say, Inglorious Bastards, like he's just firing on all cylinders at that point. Like you can see yeah. everything he learned from Reservoir Dogs on up displayed in that film through the dialogue, through the cinematography, through the choices he made. And the actors are amazing. And the story was just amazing. Like it really makes you love movies. And just seeing something like that, how could you not be inspired to want to create something? similar or your version of that absolutely and how often do you get to see the slave riding off into the sunset at the end of the film you know know, like come on man he made him a super he made him a superhero that's amazing like come on dude we're a big qt house you know me and sonia are strong fans of his work here yeah I'm, i'm definitely a fan of his work he's definitely inspired me uh through his films in many ways Absolutely. Django Unchained is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. If you have not seen it, you're missing out, but you need to check <laughs> it out right now. 
I think it's on Netflix right now. It is. It is actually cool. Perfect. Yeah, check it out. Let's get your second. Number two for me is Get Out for a lot of reasons, aside from the fact that Jordan Peele is an incredible director and a, an incredible writer. What stood out to me about that film is the fact that it was a risk as well. Like, I love films that are risks and that succeed and that change the game. You know, like, it was a film that you could tell he'd spent a lot of time with. And I'm sure he spent a lot of time trying to get it made and for it to actually get made and then make the impact that it did on the industry or in his, his career is amazing. It's inspiring for sure. Who wouldn't want to do some shit like Jordan Peele? That's that's how I see it. And his following films were great. His follow-up films are great. I'm excited to see Candyman whenever that <laughs> gets yeah. released. Yeah, no, he, he's incredible. Like I, I don't I can't recall a script that is as tight and sound. Like it just fires on all levels. It's like it's deep, it's entertaining. Is right. the plot points are incredible. It's one of my favorite scripts that's come out in the last twenty years, probably. Yeah, man. He he spent some real good time on that and it shows. And also, if you're black or a person of color, I'm not black, but I am brown. If you've ever been <laughs> in, in a white, super white neighborhood like this depicted in that film, uh it is that film is is hilarious and frightening all at the same. Every single moment of that film is both hilarious yeah. and frightening because you're like, oh, yep, I've been here before. Oh, God, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible how he displayed something that appears to be so normal and make it so fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's like, no, this really happens. <laughs> okay. Get out. You need to see that also if you have not seen it, but I'm sure you all have. I liked us too. A lot of people weren't feeling us. I really thought it was I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked it too. Okay, Mr. J, your third and final. My third and final is Coming to America, starring Eddie Murphy. Now, this film I've watched, I can't even remember how many times I've watched this film, and every single time. It is just as funny as the last. Aside from it being a comedy, it's a magnificent love story. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think, you know, those are those are the tent poles you can tap into and in, I feel like succeed in film, right? You tap into romance, comedy, or uh horror, and those are like universal languages. And I think he did that really fucking well. Like it, it wasn't labeled as a black film or anything like that. It's just a really good movie, and I feel like it stands up against some of the other more notable romance films or love stories like when harry met sally or pretty woman or whatever you put up you know i feel like it stands up against those films and it's hysterical like the fact that eddie murphy played so many characters and you know for like at first glance you might not even notice it's him and it just feels real and uh i feel like it's a very contained story It, it was it was real written that film is very inspiring absolutely man i i agree i i actually watched it yesterday for the first time in probably i don't know maybe about 15 years i hadn't seen it <laughs> i hadn't seen it in a long time and yeah. i remember i had like very fond memories of it and i remembered like all the hilarious you know put like the barbershop seed you know like yeah. the sexual chocolate seed like all this kind of stuff was like stuff you never forget that but yeah. when I revisited it, I was like, damn, Eddie Murphy gives a really good romantic lead, dramatic performance in this that, you know, like now we know Eddie can act, you know, nowadays because he's done more dramatic roles recently, you know, like with Dolomite yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Dreamgirls and whatnot. But, you know, in 88, he was just 
Eddie Murphy, the superstar comedian. So right. uh, it was it was fun to revisit his performance and say, okay, this you could st- start to see him really coming into his own as an actor. Right, which sort of led to, you know, the boomerangs and the, the nutty professors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I feel like that's his that's his pocket. Like his pocket was rom com for sure. And yeah, later in his career with dramatic films, like he he nailed that shit too. Dolomite was an amazing film. That I honestly I don't know how that didn't make my list because Dolomite was so like, come on, that's it's literally about a guy <laughs> making yeah. a film. Like any filmmaker relates to that directly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that movie's great. Yeah. Have you seen any Dolomite films, like any movies starring Rudy Ray Moore? Yeah. The um, God, what was the first one? I think the one that they made this film about. I yeah, saw Dolomite. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't finish. I didn't finish it, but it, it's it, it is very fucking hilarious. It's still funny to me. It's Just still funny. Seeing. I got two words for you, my friend: Disco <laughs> Godfather. <laughs> Disco Godfather. Disco Godfather. You must watch this film, and you it, it has, and I'm not over exaggerating. The ending of this film made my jaw drop almost to the floor, and really? and and stay agape for days after. Like <laughs> it is hilarious. I'm writing that down. Yeah, Disco Godfather. Everybody needs to watch this film. They should make it required viewing in film school. I'm definitely going to check it out. <laughs> but back to Coming to America. The other thing that I don't think gets enough credit for, because uh, I agree, I think it's one of the better romantic comedies to come out of of that generation. But uh, mm-hmm. that score by Nile Rodgers is like, I oh, also yeah. forgot about that. Like the Nile Rodgers score is Yeah, incredible. it really is. The themes of that, that fucking movie, like it just sets the tone. It makes you, you know, feel when the when, when his father comes into town, you're like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's getting real, you know? Like, yeah. And then the other songs that they made, like Soul Glow is still a classic to this day. And yeah. I, I think I like back when Napster was out, I tried to like download that and just have it on my, like on a CD. <laughs> Coming to America. If you guys have not checked it out, please check it out. If you guys have seen it, it is worth a rewatch. I rewatched it last night and it still held up and made me, uh, it made me hella happy. <laughs> Jay, these are three excellent choices. Thank you for giving them to us. And once again, man, thank you for being here. We're really happy to have your film in the festival this year. I'm excited to be a part of the festival this year. I'm excited to see the other films that are in the lineup. And you guys are, you know, you're doing great things, man. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Cool, man. Happy to have you. You guys can watch Flawed. It's starting August 4th at LADFF.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Film Forward, and we will catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time. <laughs>